But no, um, this yogurt, Boston cream pie, light. I know, I know this episode is about hot takes, but what I want to say right now is that why in the hell is Yoplait light the only one that has Boston cream pie? Like my favorite yogurt flavor ever, and they don't have it in the original. I need the calcium. Like, okay, but have you had the the key lime pie, thick and creamy? Uh, you mean the whips? No. I, oh my god, uh, whipped yogurt is disgusting. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. The like mousse like texture, I physically. Oh cannot. my god, get away from me! I, uh, that's my jam. Ugh. I can agree with you that pineapple goes on pizza, but I am a textures person when it comes to food, and I cannot tolerate whipped yogurt. Uh, literally a dagger to my heart. I, I'm just saying. Uh, really a dagger no, to my stomach. No, I was stomach. talking about the thick and creamy. The thick. The thick and creamy Yoplait yogurt. And there was one that came in a key lime pie flavor. Oh my God. And when I was a kid, our fridge was always stocked. And Stonks. <laughs> Okay, fair. Hi, my name is Nathan Witte, and with me as always is M. Nestel, and welcome to Embrace the Suck, a music education podcast for college students, established professionals, and everywhere in between. Welcome to Embrace the Suck, where whipped yogurts are disgusting, and I will die on this rock. <clears throat> welcome to Embrace the Suck, where M is always wrong. <laughs> Welcome to Embrace the Suck, where I got notification today that we have 50 downloads. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm super excited. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, our internet's kind of weird today, so it's like we might be cutting each other off all the time. Welcome to Embrace the Suck, where I still have an internet connection of a poor college student. Hey. I'm not going to say that's what's up because that's not what the, that's not what's up. But yeah, um, we're going to work through it today. But I'm ex- really excited for this episode today. Um, M uh, texted me a few days ago and was like, I have an idea for this episode of podcast. I was like, what? And she's like, since I'm starting on March 1st, why don't we just go ahead and do like an annual episode where we just give our hot, steamy takes on music education? And I was like, Done. <laughs> Where we throw in some spicy boys when we don't know what we're talking about. Mm, practically. And we know that. But the thing is, is that this is all opinion, so please don't get mad at us. And if you do, I'm I sorry. I mean, like, you, you can, way. but just know that, like, I'm a very confident woman, and I might die on the rock that I stand on. Sure. And that's okay. Yeah. And you know what? And like, here's a- dying on the rock that Big Hero 6 is not a good movie. Uh, my friend Alex really- actually says, shout out to Alex, by the way. He's the band director, or the assistant band director over at Cortez. Love you, buddy. Anyway, but Alex, he's, he texted me. I, I will literally read you this message. Um, It was so funny. It was so funny. I, I think I sent you it, right? You did, and I said that I was gonna die on that rock, and that that's yeah, okay. fair enough. Yeah, I know it's here somewhere. If you can't handle my hot takes, then get out of my kitchen. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. If <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm I'm cooking up some hot hot takes in this kitchen, and if you can't handle the heat. You gotta get out. <laughs> I'm making spaghetti. <laughs> Pusquette. Oh my gosh, this is already awful. I mean, really, we say that every single episode, so. 
but we have 50 downloads of hot garbage. Oh yeah, so that's what I'm Okay, so Alex said, Alex said, um so I sent him the podcast link and he says, I can forgive that your friend doesn't like Toy Story 4, but hating on Biz Hero Big Hero 6 is an absolute deal breaker. And I sent Emma a screenshot and I said, You're stirring up quite the controversy. And she says, Excuse me while I die on this rock. Um Yeah. And that's what that's what we're about today. Disclaimer, just so you know, if we say anything that is controversial towards your opinion, it is totally okay if you ever meet us, which I hope we will, because I'd like this podcast to be... Just know that we're right. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's our opinion, and we will love you just the same, and we, will, uh, we won't think any less of you, and we hope that you don't think any less of us. I'll love you. I'll also fight you. I fight plenty of people that I love. It's okay. Chris. God bless yeah. him. Shout out to Chris Nestel. Um, <laughs> hubby. My, my, it's, my hubby. My hubs. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so yeah. So let's think. Uh, what are some, what's your first hot and steamy one you got prepared today? What do you think? You know, hmm. I feel like you should go first. Because I feel like my brain is pisquette and I feel like I thought about this and then I didn't write it down and then I forgot everything. And now I'm going to think of things as we're talking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this isn't really a hot take on music education per se. Well, I guess it is because it involves music education, but I think this is a hot take on more of the administrative side. Um, I think we really don't budget enough money to music education whatsoever. And I feel like it's not only music education. I think it's the arts in general. Um just i mean that might just be like a like a case by case basis but in every every school that i've seen like it's a lot of like there's the reason that the band boosters are there and it's to make that money and it's to have that structure and it's almost like it almost has a feeling of like we have to do most of this ourselves what do you think i mean that's it, it's objective fact that music programs are underfunded nationwide do i think that programs that have more funding can be more wise with their spending absolutely okay um i feel like a lot of my hot takes over the years have mostly uh been involved with the marching arts oh okay just because that's been my exposure so we'll go we'll go back and forth but i just want to say the marching arts is one a huge hot take of mine so like just be prepared for that talking to you and <laughs> but i just mean like in the sense that you know you see all of these band programs i went to a high school that didn't like have a lot of money for our band program and everything like that but like for our state we had a pretty successful marching program and everything but it was a hundred percent because our staff was fantastic and the pedagogy was great and the execution of what we were given was solid for those reasons um i think that high school marching band is trying too hard to be drum corps and drum corps is going in like such a theatrical direction which objectively speaking is not a bad thing i'm not going to be one of those people that says oh back in my day blah 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 first of all because i'm 23 years old and second of all because like 
it it's not my place to say at which point drum corps is no longer drum corps but like objectively speaking these days it is very theatrical and objectively speaking those props and electronics and things cost a lot of money but when you are in a high school setting actually you know what this is a hot take in itself i feel like the um pressure on performance in music education over actually taking time to educate students in a way that they're going to retain is progress i mean yeah like you should be prioritizing like the education of your students and i feel like and I see this happen with high schools all the time where, you know, parts have to get cut for the sake of Ugh. making it in time for a performance. Uh, parts. <sighs> and I think, like, being able to persevere and say, like, no, my students are going to get something out of this, even though, like, the snapshot of what we're working on is not going to be perfect. Okay, even... Yeah, like the the whole yeah. cut things, you know, get me a little bit riled up too, because, okay, if you want to sound good, it's different in drum corps, it really is, because you are paying money to be competitive. I'm okay, but I, I'm mainly talking about like for like a sit down concert. So it, yeah, if, I, yeah, if you are. If you are cutting people from, let's say you're playing a piece of music for your concert and you have a symphonic band and um, one person just transferred or whatever the case may be, and uh, you uh, they don't end up getting the part like the week before and you cut them because you want to sound good. I don't dig that. Like, I think... And, and, and maybe it's like a little bit different if they move like during that concert period like it's just like oh dropping a new saxophone player within two weeks before the concert i understand that however if it's something it's a student that you've had from the beginning of the year and stuff like that and they've been there before you chose that music like that's that's a lesson in itself of perseverance for you and the students not only that but also like that teaches you not to overprogram. Like, and I'm not talking about too much music. I'm talking about too difficult of music for that, you know, for all of your yeah. students to grasp. All of that falls under the umbrella of my take that, like, there is too much priority of, like, the performance aspect in music education. I think that there should be a focus on building fundamental skills, mm -hmm. you know, and... Also, also assessment. At the same time... Another hot take, chair placements are stupid. You should you should rotate parts. Yeah. So that your kids can actually learn something. I think you should stop slotting your kids because number one, it's going to shoot down their confidence and that's going to make them worse of a performer if that is, you know, the goal. And... I kind of yeah, struggle with that because I see, like, I see that the competition aspect, like some people do like the competition there. But I like I agree with you. I'm all about rotating parts, no matter what. Like even if I do have chair placements, like it is something to where if you're the first chair trumpet player, you're not just playing first part. Like you'll play like third part maybe on a on a on a piece, and then you know second part or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, I'm always I don't know if I want to go with chair placements, but I've kind of heard this 
idea from after sectionals to where they actually do band placements and i think they do top 20 if i'm not mistaken um or you know just the top you know top 10 percent or whatever like gets posted and so like no one down low knows really how many i'm not sure i'm still debating on it i mean there's pros and cons to both definitely um but at least that way it's not like you know this person is better than me in my section which is super direct I think there is a benefit to um, evaluating students as to whether or not they should be in leadership positions at X period of time. Because again, another thing too is I feel like students get slotted and, you know, playing if they're, you know, last chair once, you know, it, it, it sort of slots them in a way yeah. where you know for them they could feel like it's it's that that's it that's what they yeah. are that's what they're gonna oh, be also playing ability does not mean leadership ability amen brother yeah. if you have if you have a last chair saxophone that is a killer leader they should be the leader <laughs> like it, it is honestly just about you know the leadership skills and you know it's not, you know, they can learn about like running rehearsals and, you know, doing subsectionals and stuff like that, but Correct. do not put a, do not put someone who does not either A, deserve it or B, doesn't have the leadership skills yet in that position because that can raise a whole lot of hell. Just saying. Yep. Um, oh, so let's, uh, let's speak about marching man. I'm going to, I'm going to say my hot take real quick. Um, I actually was talking to my uh, registrar in my district office today and she was asking me about my schedule and I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, okay, so before we move forward onto another subject, I just want to know, do you still want high school band in your first period? And I was like, no, that doesn't really matter. Why? And she was like, well, the last, the previous band directors wanted, um, wanted high school or no it was previous director yeah the previous director wanted high school band in first hour so that the field was open that they could do marching band and i was like marching band is extracurricular <laughs> i don't believe in like you gotta have the fundamental basis and in school if you're gonna have that time right i don't think it's fair for you know because i will never have a color guard class no way. I do not have time in my schedule. I have to teach middle school and a high school band and choir. Um, so, you know, I, first, first of all, it's not fair to have um, for the color guard kids and the um, specific drumline kids that aren't in band or anything, you know, whatever the case may be, people not in band to not have that extra rehearsal time. Um, I, I think that's not fair to them. It might be, it might be good for that subsection of the ensemble, but not it's just not fair for them. Uh, second thing is that the foundational basis comes from concert band, especially with winds and percussion. And I don't, I don't see what the educational value is from running set 34 to 36 at eight o'clock in the morning on a school day. I will say to this, that your take very much depends on the nature of your program. 
and what you prioritize in your program. Well, that's what I'm saying is that if we prioritize education, which we should, I don't think marching band, especially just hitting it over the head because the only really educational part of marching band is just like, there's an educational portion in learning the music, right? There's an educational portion in the leadership aspect. And there's a last education portion of like wrapping it all in a nice big bow and talking about the super fine details, but you can't get to everything in one marching band show. Absolutely not. It depends on the nature of your program. I would argue almost that marching band provides um, a foundation for fundamentals that during concert season, it doesn't allow, but that's only if you have, after school rehearsals in addition to class time. If you have a really solid warm up program, and this is coming from someone who like work like I I, I work on a, a staff of people for marching band and we take a lot of time in warm up to understand at least for the brass kids like the fundamentals of breathing. Like we do a lot of long tones, a lot of lip slurs and get down like a lot of fundamentals of the instrument that can apply whether you're inside or outside. I'm not saying that marching band isn't educational. I'm saying that it can be much more educational in like sit down band, like during the day, I think, and this is just my personal preference, but I think marching band should always be extracurricular no matter where I go. Like I'm not worried about the competition aspect that will come with the time that we put in and with the educate or the quality of the education that or the quality of the instruction that we're giving during the after school rehearsals. I don't know, but also just like on a very like fundamental level, like I think that having marching band like during the school day is also nice because it gets kids moving in the middle of the day or at the beginning of the day. Hey, Marie. Like, yes, Marie. <laughs> when she said, preach! No. No, I mean, when <laughs> our school system is designed to be more and more and more sedentary, I just think that, like, it's a good idea to, like, implement that during the school year. Also, I think that breathing gym should be a more welcome thing during concert season. I do breathing gym during concert season. But that... I'm talking about, like, the music education field as a whole. Like, there wouldn't be full-blown workshops on it if it was, like, a common practice, you know? Yeah, I suppose. I think that also comes from the post-secondary level as well, teaching about that. Yeah, um... So, yeah, I totally understand. Um, like, you may make a really good point that I didn't actually think of, which was the whole, like, they're already sedentary, which is really, which is really nice. So I can understand that. Um, that gives me something to think about, I suppose. Um, but, I mean, just in general, like, I'm talking about, I've always been a part of band program. Like, the band program that I worked with when I was in college uh, for three and a half years, uh, they never did fall concert music. It was all marching band all the time. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's how the program I work for is too, but what I really mean is we spend so much time, like, in our warm-up packet, 
rather than just nailing down the show and just getting reps that I think that it's it's a valuable it's a valuable sure I, I just time. I just think personally I can be more valuable to my students and their education if I don't do that um, because I mean what I was talking about is what you were last saying about um, the reps over and over and over again that's all we would do we would spend like 10 15 maybe maybe 20 minutes on warm-ups and it was just a routine thing um and it was almost like it's just bang like you know beating a dead horse i mean yeah that's why i said it it depends on your program to your take because i don't necessarily disagree with you right right i think and i think both of us are seeing the pros and cons of both it's just i mean this this is why it's a hot take right i mean we have both sides on everything um so i can understand that you know getting extra rehearsals i just feel like in order to be more educational either a have to put that priority on marching band right or Mm. or b if your marching band strictly like you want to make sure that you're competitive which is what a lot of marching bands do now like the whole drum corps aspect of things right um and which goes back to my which goes you're right Maybe cool it with the performance yeah, thing. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, you know, just reps upon reps upon reps upon reps upon reps. That's what they're doing. They're just preparing for a performance. They're not getting any, as much educational quality as I would like my students to get. Every moment yeah, is a learning opportunity. Parts in the process too. Every moment <laughs> is a learning opportunity, no matter what. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are you? What's another hot take for you? What's another um, one that goes right like when you touch it with your fingers? Just I mean, I feel like <laughs> when you were talking about budget and being underfunded, like I really do think that a lot of programs don't spend their budgets wisely. And that goes for band, that goes for general music, that goes for Okay, can you uh can you give some examples? Uh I have 20 keyboards in my classroom uh that that i'm walking into and i just feel like there's a but more effective ways to to, to spend that cash right that right cash and, and i know that i mean obviously cash. the person before you feels different um because they would like would buy the 20 keyboards as a classroom set to have the students learn through that and you don't feel that way about i don't I'm not saying I'm not going to use well, no, 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 them because no, no. Yeah, they're no. there. Like I'm obviously, however, I, mean, I just think them. that if I were given the same budget, I would prefer more Jeez. diversity in what I'm getting. Sure. No, I could, I could definitely understand. So bring on the boom whackers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Do you know that they have the boom whackers and they have like these little like, plastic like rubber cups you can put like on one of the sides and it drops them an octave lower it's so i love it's so cool so cool i love science science (laughs) physics physics yeah no I, i i get that i get that um what do you think about like in the terms of like budgetary use like what do you think about like the difference between uh like marching band uniforms right and, and this can consent a choir too like getting uh getting uh like class sets of um of choir attire, attire 
acquire a tire though. And uh, or like people like spending spending uh, a th- like thousands of dollars on new uniforms every year, but they're like cheaper uniforms. Like they're more slick. They're Superman suits, baby. I think that there is. Hi, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> she really wants to be on the podcast I think... tonight. I think that there is. Um... Oh my god, she is ramming herself into my chair right now. <laughs> Um, I think there's positive aspects of investing in uniforms that can be maintained, you know, again, it depends on your program. Um, when it comes to like choral things and like concert band things, it, part of it, I'm going to say it depends on your program because if you were to, you know... If you were at a, um, in a program where sort of socioeconomic status was a thing, then I would prioritize maybe more so on, yeah, having some sort of uniform or whatever, um, having a budget there. But like, if your students could afford it, I I would lean more towards, um, you know, just sort of picking a color scheme and letting them run with it. And most of that is because, especially for middle school and high school, it's really hard to, like, wear things that you don't feel comfortable in. So as an educator, if they were, like, in the financial place to do it... I would feel better about using the budget more towards, you know, instruments or maintenance or, you know, and allowing them to, within certain confines, within a certain color scheme or whatnot, to, you know, wear something that they feel comfortable in. You know, if it's something like Concert Black, especially with the, you make a good point about the socioeconomic status of things. Like, if I'm not going to get... I'm not going to get super heated during or right before or after a concert. If I see one of my students have on black jeans and a black long sleeve t-shirt, I'm not. Well, yeah, because it's blatantly unfair. And I think it's like really classist for teachers to get mad at their students for showing up to a concert wearing classes and kind of elitist too. You know, yeah. so and plus I mean they showed up they showed up to the concert they cared enough to do that and also they showed up in all black they cared enough for the color like it, that's that's the point is to be in all black they did that and I mean you know what there's people where you know they don't have black shoes they have the shoes that they have and shoes are expensive so like why yeah, invest in some crocs Crocs. <laughs> we never did get Crocs. matching Crocs. We know we need to. Okay. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. That really hurt my feelings. Now. Okay. Well, dang. Uh, no, I, I totally, I totally get that. Jeez. This is like, gosh, this is like hit me hard. We never got Crocs. Crocs. Dang, it. Um. Okay. Um. What do we think about? Um, 
Are we thinking about some other stuff? What's another hot take that that we got? Hmm. By the way, I just want to say I'm not crapping on my district for how they spent their money. <laughs> I'm gonna use the stuff. Thank you guys. <laughs> know, if if my if my coworkers and my colleagues like hear this, like I I'm very thankful. I actually had someone. So I actually ran into my superintendent today. And she broke her leg, um, like I was saying in a previous episode. And she was on her walker, and uh, it was everything like that. But I walked into the district office to um, to give our treasurer some receipts. Um, and there she was, just like hobbling along. And then we finally met, and it was super cool. And she asked me if I liked the job. And I honestly, I was like, yeah, I do. I was like, it's weird. But it's it's one of those things where I still keep telling myself is that when I have bad days or if I have any sort of um, any sort of trouble going on, whether that's classroom management or running into some walls where I don't know what to teach next, anything like that, um, I just realize that I'm like, hey, man, this is the first time that I'm doing this ever. And it's during the middle of the year, during a global pandemic. I was like, this is literally a hell semester. And if I get through this, I am golden for the rest of my career. Like, it cannot, like, physically and objectively get any worse. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was a wholesome moment I, I got there. And, and yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, I'm kind of blanking. Do you, ha- do you have anything else? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'll have more the more that I find myself, like, immersed in all this, whatever this is. Yeah, no kidding. And it'll be really nice to finally start, like, talking through some of the stuff where we both can pull from our own personal experiences in the classroom. I'm excited to plan this damn curriculum. That's what I'm excited to do. And you know what? I want my kids to take ownership of their education and I just want to facilitate that in whatever way I can ooh here's a hot take Uh, music educators they they make it about them too much oh bless oh my god and not about their kids it's not about your ego it's not about what you can do it's not about what you know, the kids can do because of you, because at the end of the day... It is not your like, program. It is their program. Correct. They're still going to be there if you so. leave. Right? Oh, my goodness. No, yeah, you're super, you're super right. You're very, very... <laughs> so very my hot take in short, short and sweet, it's not about you. <laughs> no, it, it isn't, really. I mean, it's everything that we talk about is, like, for the kids. It is absolutely on the educational basis for the kids and if it's not reevaluate what you're doing or at least reevaluate reevaluate what you're thinking leave the career no no come back No. (laughs) so either leave the career if you like big hero six or (laughs) walk 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 away (laughs) no yeah i was like that's that's insane to me. If anyone who likes Big Hero Six can tell me what happened to Abigail, 
then I'll like respect you for liking the movie. I've never seen it, so I'm gonna... But there, there's there are just holes in the plot. It, it's just the movie ended too soon. If they had taken another like thirty minutes to like wrap up what happened to all the characters, I wouldn't have been upset. And that's how I felt about a lot. They of They all died. <laughs> like I didn't mind Soul. I don't know if you watched. I Soul. haven't. I've heard a, a lot. lot of, a lot of music people have I've watched it. I've heard a lot, like on both sides of the argument. <laughs> if it was like thirty minutes longer and they wrapped up the plot, I wouldn't be upset. But I'm upset about that too. Yeah. Anyways, I get that. There, there's some, there's some nuggets in there. So you, because you haven't watched it, I'm assuming you haven't listened to like the after sectional sort of review no. of it, or did you just take the spoilers? No, no, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it. I like the stuff that they said about it, and it, it almost made me appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. But at first, I was like, that was it. <laughs> like, Pixar's storytelling is just not what it used to be. The animation's still beautiful. Okay, so yeah, no, no kidding. Okay, so let's. Um, I've actually got to take before I lose it. Before I lose it, it's about private lessons. Okay. Ooh. I know, right? Music educators have to start somewhere. We can always like M and I like we're literally getting our starts right now, right? Like we have to start somewhere. Somewhere good. has to. Someone has to. Oh. Marie agrees. <laughs> She's so She cute. has Marie loves music education. She loves the Embrace the Suck podcast. Give us a good review. She's singing. I for know. Us. Oh! Right? <laughs> anyway, but every future music educator has to start somewhere. If you had the choice between having a private lesson studio and not, even if that means hiring all college kids do it here's here's the reason behind it so i think i it's a symbiotic relationship it is it's <laughs> because here's the thing like you can convince someone like it's if it's about the money for them like that's not that's not going to be you know what you want for your program right like i have fort lewis college is about an if 45 minutes to an hour away right and as soon as covid like kind of lifts and everything like that and things go back to a new sense of normal um I'm going to contact them and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I still contacted the music education professor. And I was like, Hey, if you have any kids that are interested in uh, observing or teaching lessons or anything like that, send them my way. I will give as much compensation as I can possibly do. But like we said, underfunded music education programs. And I haven't ran my 45,000 fundraisers and build up my boosters and anything like that. I can't give you a lot of money, but like you're helping my you're helping their program right i almost said my program just by yeah you're helping their program and you're helping individuals and you're helping yourself and you might get paid you're, you're giving them <laughs> at the end of the day you're giving them something to put on a resume which is not. i don't even care i mean yes i mean yes i mean it's a good resume builder but uh, like i don't even care if it's like put I'm on my saying, resume a lot of right? college students struggle with that sure like there's a there's a ton of like stuff that I didn't put on my resume when I when I applied for this job, um, but it's because you're so established. Shut up! <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> but I mean, I put everything I've ever done on my resume. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've been to OMEA 2016. 
<laughs> oh yeah, my god. But no, I mean there's I, I always take the chance or I always take whatever I can as long as it's gonna make me a better educator and as long as I can have more of an impact on my students' lives. That's just my mindset. And your lessons teachers, right? They may not be the best players, they may not be the best teachers yet, but you're a huge asset for them. Like sit down with your lesson teachers, talk with them, talk about like have have yourself included in your students' growth. Like it's not just oh like I'm playing in band and then I have supplemental lessons. Like no, they're inter like they they combine, man. Like it's like intertwined, and I, that's that's what I feel like it should be. And I'm really excited to to kind of start setting that setting that example and giving that opportunity. Yes. yes. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm petting my cat. Nice. Gosh, I love her. She's so soft. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball. Didn't we? have already been over Didn't this. we <laughs> sing that last episode? The last one or the one before, you know, one of the only two that exist. That's hilarious. We're going to be like a hundred episodes down the line. We're going to be like, wow, look what we did. We talked about music and nothing wow, else. Wow, we have 50 views. <laughs> hey, 50 downloads. Oh, yeah, it is downloads. I haven't even thought of that. People took up space <laughs> on whatever device to listen to us. What a bunch of suckers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We didn't mean it. Come back. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I. You fools. You fools. We play tricks on you. Ha ha. I think. Um, unless you have anything else, I think that's. That's that's good for the first annual uh, hot take session. You know. We really. Do we have a Facebook page? We do. We do have a Facebook. I page. haven't been. I haven't been on social media yeah. in like. We do have a Facebook page, so if um, you go to Embrace the Suck, the Music Educators podcast, right? It's if you have some spicy takes, if you have some some takes with some a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's like spicier than sriracha, but like just as fun of a word. Uh, you know. Fuego. Um. <laughs> Sweet chili Doritos. If you got some hot talkies, if you got some music ed hot talkies, then I'll like Stop. leave them on my Facebook page, uh, and then I'll have Nathan read them to me because I'm not logging into Facebook. Yeah, fair enough. Or you can just go to the Facebook page and give it a like and a follow, and then you'll know when all of our episodes come out and everything like that, and that'll help us grow. But you can take healthy breaks from social yeah. media because it can sometimes be. Toxic. Oh my gosh, social media is toxic, and. I will say this. If you like the podcast enough and you like hearing our dumb voices, uh, you're more than welcome to share it and give it a review on whatever whatever platform you use on Spotify, Apple Music, like, on Amazon if it's a Music bad now. Review, don't waste your energy. Protect your yeah, energy. Yeah, I mean. And also don't yell at me because I will. This cry is only if it. you want to. We're going to do this podcast anyway because this really helps us like as professionals, but also we hope it helps you. <laughs> the listeners so that's kind of where i'm at all right well 
This has been Embrace the Suck Hot Takes. Hot Takis. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, everyone.